Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Our final Everyone Wednesday for the month of August as we're gearing up for the big holiday weekend. It is so wonderful to be able to offer prizes. It's fun for people to call in and win DVDs or CDs or T-shirts or tennis balls or books or whatever it is we're giving away. But it's also more meaningful knowing that we're able to give away resources that will help you in your spiritual walk. And especially as the time is of the essence um, in terms of the Lord's return uh, these days, boy, today we have a fantastic resource, an author by the name of James Harmon, an accountant by trade who has been uh, tracking the countdown to the Lord's return for many, many years, has written a book about uh, prophecy in the book of Daniel that a lot of people may have missed. James and I are going to get into it in about 10 minutes here, talking about uh, not that we're trying to predict the day and the hour right down to the second, but when you look at generalities in terms of, you know, if the if a day is like a thousand years in God's economy, then to say, hey, we're within a year or two or something like that, it, it is it behooves us to keep an eye on the signs of the times. And uh, toward that end, our lead story today, we, we're going to give away copies of uh, James's book on the on the. Uh, uh, the prophecy from the book of Daniel that a lot of people missed. It's called The Final Countdown, Daniel's Final Decree that Everyone Missed. And uh, we've got six copies of this book to give away, 800-227-5278. But I remember having a conversation with, um, I think it might have been Richard Pearson of uh, Prophecy USA. And we were having a discussion maybe a couple of years ago about what was happening in the world and how we as Christians can respond. You know, a lot of people got caught up, for example, when the pandemic hit, got caught up in the mask mandate or got caught up in the, do you get the jab or not get the jab? Or do we keep six feet or hand sanitizer? You know, all the different regulations. Why were some businesses closed and basically run out of business and others were allowed to stay open? You know, why were shopping malls open and churches closed? There were a lot of questions that people had. And then at the end of the day, I mean, it kind of cracks me up, but I think about it. Um, in my family of origin, there are five of us, and uh, I think the vaccination rate was 80%, and yet all of us got COVID. <laughs> so at one point or another, or I should say we're diagnosed with COVID. So, you know, the question you have to ask, if you look at states like uh, Florida and Texas versus California and New York, the infection rates almost identical. Vaccination rates, almost identical. Hospitalization rates, almost identical. And, and this is per 100,000 people because obviously they have different populations. And then the mortality rate, which means the survival rate, almost identical. But what was the big difference? The difference was there was not a state-sponsored lockdown in Texas or Florida. There was in California and New York. And guess which economies grew and stayed healthy? And guess which economy suffered? Guess which states had more people moving to them and guess which states had move, more people moving away from them. See, the whole issue isn't to jab or not to jab. The question is how much government interference are you willing to allow? And as I was sharing with, I think it was Richard Pierce, but I'll have to go back and listen to the interview again from that time. I said, I get the sense that the COVID pandemic was a dress rehearsal for the tribulation. And he stopped and said, you know what? I think you're right. The idea that so many people were willing to comply with a government mandate about something that nobody really fully understood, a virus that was manufactured in a laboratory. And, and, and all of the statistics are coming out now. I can't share all of them with you in this 10-minute report here. 
Um, and this article that I found with regard to mask mandates from the Epic Times, I'm a little disappointed in the Epic Times of late. Uh, the fact that usually we'll go for things that are um, are better uh, sourced. This one is just straight ahead, rip and read. But it does talk about the fact that there is a COVID subvariant now called Eris, which has shown up in 50 countries, uh, including Denmark and Israel. It has spurred increasing numbers of medical professionals and health activists to call for the reinstatement of COVID-era restrictions. And I, I find it very interesting that the timing of this just seems suspicious. Not that people aren't getting COVID. See, this was never, this is one place that the left was always trying to, uh, to, to try to win the argument. I remember when we had our National Crawford Roundtable podcasts back in the spring of 2020, and the four of us would sit there and we asked the question, is this really happening? Is this a bad cold? Is it a bad flu? Is it a strain of the viruses that we've never seen before? Uh, those were fair questions that were quickly answered. Yes, it is in fact a real virus. Yes, people are getting it. Yes, it does hit people with compromised immune systems. And yes, it does put them at risk. The question then became, okay, well, what about the mandatory requirements for people who are potentially losing their jobs, losing their livelihoods, losing their homes, losing their businesses if they don't comply? Uh, there's a documentary movie that was made by Grace Church in Sun Valley, California, John MacArthur's church, called The Essential Church. And the documentary chronicles what Grace Church went through as L.A. County tried to shut the church down. There were a couple of reported cases of COVID, but for a, a, a congregation that worships over 10,000 people a week, operates a Christian university and seminary, uh, you know, there, there was no death toll happening. And at the time, ironically, the, the church's model was a hybrid one. Instead of doing two Sunday morning services, they were doing one, and the sanctuary was open for people who wanted to sit in the sanctuary, and they had seating outside. Where the L.A. County Board of Health got its nose out of joint was the fact that they were not requiring six feet distance between people. You were not required to wear a mask. You were not required to show proof of vaccination if you went and worshiped inside the church. But the reality is, it, when you see a vaccine that shows up, there was a malaria vaccine that hit the market about a year or so ago. How long has malaria impacted our culture? And it took them, what, 70, 80 years to perfect a vaccine? Can you imagine why people were somewhat skeptical over the fact that here we had this virus that just apparently came out of nowhere? People were dying as a result of it. No one understood why. And what we were told was, wait for the vaccine. That will solve all of our problems. Well, then we began to realize more and more what was happening. People who were obese, people who had high blood pressure, hypertension, uh, people who had a uh, history of breathing problems, maybe who had been immunocompromised because of cancer. The elderly, the infirm, were all at much greater risk of exposure to and then potentially dying from. But that was even a big issue that the CDC is now operating. Even the New York Times had to go back this far in the spring and said, we should have changed the dialogue from dying from COVID to dying with COVID. Same thing happened when HIV hit the scene. When it blew into full-blown acquired immune deficiency syndrome, a.k.a. AIDS, the LGBT lobby was very quick to point out, hey, people don't die from AIDS, they die from pneumonia, they die from cancer. But what 
was behind that accusation was, well, yeah, they're dying of cancer because they got cancer because their immune system was shot and they couldn't defend against it. People were getting the flu. It was turning into pneumonia and turning fatal because their immune deficiency made it impossible for their immune system to fight off that. And the same thing was happening with people with COVID. But many people who wound up contracting COVID, remember when uh, Kathy Hochul took over as governor of New York after Andrew Cuomo resigned in disgrace? After it was discovered that the man who was allegedly keeping New York safe from COVID was basically transferring elderly people with COVID into nursing homes where they would spread faster and nearly 60% of the COVID deaths, at one point it was 80% of COVID deaths in New York were happening at nursing homes where the governor himself was mandating that people who were sick with COVID go. It's amazing how many nursing home deaths there were, how many people are. 1% of the U.S. population age 65 and up died during the first year of the pandemic. That does not sound unintentional to me. Uh, Let's see. University and Community General in Syracuse and New York. Um, Morris Brown College University in Atlanta, Georgia, all implementing mask mandates. You can Google, and maybe we should put together a resource list of all of the different things that we were told to do during COVID that proved to be completely ineffective, masks being the chief. Wash your hands, yes. Don't touch your face, yes. Hand sanitizer didn't help. Six-foot distance, good practice. Remember the whole, I got into it actually with a dear friend, a guy who used to be a regular contributor to the Bottom Line show, who was passionate about the don't sing in church thing. And it turned out he had a son who had been immunocompromised because of cancer, got COVID and spent time in the hospital. He said, I don't want that to happen to anyone. I said, well, I don't think it happened because people were singing at church. No, the spittle transfers further. And you know, we, we went through all of that. So we'll put this article from the Epic Times up at thebottomlineshow.com, but understand that there are more mask mandates coming. And if you don't see the mask mandate coming from the government as anything other than governmental control, you're missing the point. If you feel compelled to wear a mask, by all means, please wear a mask. If you want to stay home, stay home. If you want to keep six feet, keep six feet. If you want to overly wash your hands, overly wash your hands. If you want to get the jab, get the jab. If you don't, don't. But when the government starts telling you how to live, it is a precursor. Remember the cashless thing? Oh, we're doing no touch, no contact, no, no. hey, you know what? I mean, wouldn't it be great if there was just a way you could scan all of your information into your into a place that, uh, well, you've already introduced this stuff into your body and your RNA has been compromised now. So, and you, you're already comfortable with tattoos and things like that. So what's a little chip on your wrist or on your forehead? I mean, it, no big deal, right? Then you don't have to carry a wallet. All we have to do is scan you in. You can see how subtly this comes our way. The question then is, what are we, what are we as Christians going to do about it? And today here on The Bottom Line, uh, we're going to get into it a little bit with a guy by the name of James Harmon. I just met James recently. He's a wonderful man of God, and he has some great ideas with regard to the final countdown and Daniel's final decree in the book of Daniel that everybody missed. What is happening politically right now and what happened with the election on Jan- or November the 3rd, 2020, that so many people got hung up on the was it stolen, was it rigged, to not realize that the timing and who wound up winning 
tells us more about the end times than it does about how do we keep election integrity on the forefront. Uh, author and commentator James Harmon joins me next as we talk about Daniel's Prophecies Unsealed. And since today is Everyone Wednesday, we have six copies of this book we're giving away today. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, I'll never forget the moment I met my grandson, Isaac. It actually wasn't in the delivery room. That was the first time I held him. But the first time I actually met Isaac was when I went with his mother to her ultrasound appointment, and the ultrasound technician showed us a picture of that eight-week-old baby in the womb. Uh, you know, I encourage you to contact Preborn right now and make a donation to provide that same experience for another family. Maybe there's someone in your family who's expecting a child right now. They've had the ultrasound. You've seen the picture. You've heard the heartbeat, and you think, wow, how can I bless someone else. Studies show that 83% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and see that ultrasound either choose to become mothers and raise the children on their own or release the child for adoption. It cuts the risk of it cuts the rate of abortion dramatically. But your donations are necessary right now to get more ultrasound machines into preborn health clinics. Give a gift online when you go to kbrightradio.com and click the banner that says preborn. Cute little baby there wrapped up in a blanket. Or give a gift over the phone. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, that's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn, make a donation. Every ultrasound machine could do 250 ultrasounds per year, so give a gift right now. Well, a special guest joining us today here on The Bottom Line to talk about a topic of controversy uh, for many people, and that is, are we doing something unbiblical to try to figure out the date of God's second coming? Now, again, no one would ever want to go against Scripture and the tenets of Scripture, but is it possible that we can have a better understanding of when the second coming is going to be? And where in the Bible would we find that? Well, joining me today here on the Bottom Line Show is uh, an author who has uh, taken uh, many, many years to actually uh, do his due diligence in this area. Jim Harmon has been a Christian for over 40 years, and back in 1989, he launched a ministry called Prophecy Countdown to help prepare the church for the return of, uh, well, the bride waiting for her bridegroom. His most recent book is called The Final Countdown, Daniel's Final Decree, Everyone Missed. And we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. James Harmon, welcome to The Bottom Line Show today. It's good to be here. Thank you so much. Now, Jim Harmon is a man after my own heart because many of you know, if you listen to The Bottom Line Show, before I got into broadcast ministry, I was in my third year of an accounting degree at Cal State Fullerton. And uh, Jim, I got to advanced accounting and realized I'm not an accountant and God had some <laughs> other plan for me, but you are an accountant. Talk about your background and how God led one kind of line of work into the ministry that you're in right now. Yeah, I, I'm a, actually a CPA. Uh, I started out just, you know, in public accounting, and I didn't like that so much. So I went into private accounting and got involved in, uh, really, I was like the CEO, uh, I mean, CFO of a lot of major uh, companies around the, the world and around the country. And, uh, but the Lord put it on my heart back in 1989, uh, when Edgar Wisnott came along and he said, you know, 88 reasons why the rapture is going to be in 1988. Mm -hmm. And at, at the time, I just thought, well, no, we're not supposed to know it, the day or hour or anything like that. Right, right. But I read his books and that's what got me interested in prophecy. So ever since then, my wife and I got, uh, we started a ministry prophecy countdown, uh, just writing uh, newsletters and uh, as the, you know, the Lord led us to help prepare the, the church because we now that i 
the Lord showed me that we really need to know and we need to be looking and and, and watching. And uh, so that's 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 basically how Prophecy Countdown began. And I started writing books when I retired about 10 years ago. I, I started writing books on Revelation. It took me about three years. And then I did the Song of Solomon it took me about a year. And then I did the uh, book of Daniel, and that, that took another couple years. And so I, that's my passion is to read uh, the, the Bible and, and commentaries and really try to figure out what uh, God is saying to us in these closing days of uh, before he returns. Is and, it, e well, is it, Jim, is it easier for you to discern when it comes to prophecy versus, say, Song of Solomon, where you're wondering why her teeth are as white as a flock of goats or, you know, some of the stuff that's that's well, in there, the poetry of Song of Solomon? Is, yeah. It's a little strange, isn't it? Yeah. The Song of Solomon, that was an interesting book because I, it, I took me about a year to figure that one out because mm -hmm. the traditional view on that is that there's just two parties involved. Right. Uh, the Lord showed me that there's actually three and uh, the, the, the school, school uh, the, you know, I really hadn't read that book. I hadn't done that book for quite a while, but yet these three parties and that's where it's, it's really a, it's a prophecy actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, three, you know, so it's, it's an interesting book. Uh, people might want to, it's in all our books, by the way, are uh, available free on our website and they can, Excellent. you know, download that book and, and read it. But uh yeah, then Daniel is the one that really got me interested because we know that uh, Daniel's words are closed and sealed until the time of the end. And I wrote the book on Daniel back in 2018. And uh, that's been our most popular book because uh, people are interested in it. And yeah. in in that book, I take a little bit different take. Normally, people look at the the uh, the front cover and they see the statue of the four different kingdoms. And they think those four kingdoms are the same as the four beasts in, in chapter seven. But the Lord showed me and and I, he's as the book has been unsealed, more and more people are seeing that they're not the same. The, the ones in Daniel two, the, the four uh, kingdoms are not the same as the four uh, beasts in Daniel uh, seven. And that's when you see that and, and you understand that you, you get excited because you, you find out where we are in, in time. Mm. The uh, yeah, the first beast uh, was the lion, which we all know is is England. Mm -hmm. And the second beast is the bear, which we know is Russia. Russia yeah. But the third beast is a, uh, is a leopard and it has four wings on its back. So you have to really do some discernment. But uh, when you look at it, you, you'll determine that uh, the Sphinx is really a, a picture of the, the leopard that's, that it talks about there. So if you look at a map and you'll see Egypt as the head and the four nations around it, Syria, Iraq and Jordan and Saudi Arabia, there's like actually uh, five nations involved in this third beast that's about ready to rise. And this is where it gets exciting because of what we see going on right now. Because uh, when Biden took office, one of the first things that he did, he stopped our oil production. Trump had us so we were on top of the world in terms right. of we had enough oil to supply everyone. The first thing Biden did, he stopped it. And by doing that, I think he's made the... Uh, the atmosphere where the third beast can now rise.
And if <laughs> if you remember back in, I don't know your age, but back in 1973, mm-hmm. there was the uh, long uh, lines to get gas and everything mm-hmm. <laughs> back mm-hmm. in Jimmy Carter's days. And, sure. Uh, and there was oil was used as a weapon back then uh, mm-hmm. in 73. And I believe what could be getting ready to happen right now is the uh, third beast is the next beast that in Daniel uh, seven that's going to arise. And uh, I think right now we're in a situation where, where we're not like we were with Trump and Saudi Arabia and uh, Egypt and those five nations could actually join together. And, and, and Daniel says dominion is given to them. Mm-hmm. And that means that they're going to mm-hmm. have control. Mm-hmm. And if this third beast is truly going to happen, and if my book, The Final Countdown, is true, I think we're going to be seeing that sometime in the next probably six to nine months where the actual third beast rises. Now, once the third beast rises, <laughs> that's going to be the impetus for the fourth beast. Mm-hmm. And the fourth beast then is going to be uh, and I believe, and, and I go over that in, in my, in my uh, well, actually both books on Daniel, where it's, I believe it's going to be the United States is going to be the, uh, the leader. And then there's going to be 10 nations joining in, uh, probably from the European area to be the, the final beast. So, <laughs> if, well, we're both chuckling here. A lot of people are letting that sink in for just a second. We 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 we've gotten to know Richard Pearson over the years, and uh, uh, the fact that he talks uh, very candidly about uh, the United States' role in in the fulfillment of end times prophecy. It, it's not every day you hear United States and Beast show yeah. up in the same sentence, James Harmon. But at what you write about in the final countdown, Dan, Daniel's final decree, everyone missed, which is up at the bottom line show dot com. Uh, we not only play a, a a role in the end times, we play a pivotal role that has that attachment to it. And yeah, when I when I did my book on Daniel back in 2018, I found there's a book uh, in the Apocrypha, Second uh, Ezra uh, chapter 12, and in that uh, book it actually shows where Ezra was shown that the fourth beast is the eagle that was written about mm. by he says by his brother Daniel, <laughs> and that's what Daniel that's what Ezra wrote. And so I believe that he really, and, and, and the interesting about the Apocrypha is that that was part of the King James Bible back in 1611. Mm-hmm. And when uh, they did the revised version back in 1855, I believe they actually took the Apocrypha out. Yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah. That they don't want us to, to know about that. But mm-hmm. it's interesting that uh, Ezra does, and, and, and I only, in my book of Daniel, I not only show that Ezra talked about it, but I show Revelation 17, how we're Mystery Babylon, similar to Richard uh, Pearson's, uh, you know, what is it, USA, Prophecy USA? Prophecy USA, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I that's where he and I are right right along. We, we believe we're, we're uh, you know, and that's what Daniel calls him is the beast. Hmm. And, uh, and that's where the, the Antichrist is probably going to arise from and... Uh, that's you know that's the exciting part because that shows us where we are in times. 
Mm. And I'm so glad you used that word exciting to describe that, James Harmon, because a lot, I know a lot of people spend so much time trying to run or avoid or keep that from happening rather than saying, hey, Maranatha, guys, let's come, Lord Jesus, let's put this into motion. We're going to take a quick break here and then continue with more on the other side of this break. James Harmon is my guest. He's the author of the book, The Final Countdown, Daniel's Final Decree. Everyone missed. We'll get into what that decree entails on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Varsh. This is a great conversation, and it's only just getting warmed up. James Harmon is my guest today. We are talking about the final countdown, Daniel's final decree that everyone missed. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Has God set the date for his second coming and the rapture and whatever? Well, of course, he knows when. He's the only one who does. We are not going to know. However, there are some signs of the time that we can look to, and that first part of the process, the big one, talking rapture, maybe happening a lot sooner than we think. And James Harmon has some great calculations to share with us in the coming segments. First, though, I want to encourage you. It's Everyone Wednesday, and we have not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six copies of this book, The Final Countdown, Daniel's Final Decree That Everyone Missed, that we're giving away today here on The Bottom Line, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. I know what you might be thinking. Roger, no one knows the day or the hour. Why are we wasting time with this conversation? I think that's a fair question to ask. And here is my response. Jesus, in addition to saying no one knows the day and the hour, not even the Son of Man, meaning him, knows, he also said, you know how to to interpret the signs of the times. Look at the signs of the times and see what's happening. Understand, of course, that what we went through from 2020 to 2022 could very well serve to have been the blueprint for a dress rehearsal for what we're about to get into in the final days. And if that is in fact the case, not saying I'm going to swear by every word that pundits like me or anybody else would say, but let's entertain those possibilities. Let's do so with discernment. Let's do so with wisdom. Let's do so looking, at the end of the day, we have one goal, go and preach the gospel, and another aim, and that is we're waiting for the Lord's return, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Everything else is just details. So let's make the most of the time that we have here while there's still time to preach the gospel and not be disqualified ourselves. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. More of my conversation with James Harmon in just a moment as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970. 
800-696-9970 or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services for simply better alternatives. James Harmon is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. We had kind of a, a primer if in the opening uh, conversation uh, talking about Daniel. Uh, Jim and his wife, Cindy, have begun the ministry prophecy countdown uh, back in the late 1980s. And uh, from his work as a CPA to uh, doing the due diligence now on Bible prophecy and the follow-up to his book on Daniel that came out about five, six years ago, uh, this new one is called The Final Countdown. Daniel's final decree that everyone missed, and we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, let's get right to it. What exactly, I mean, we, we know that Scripture tells us no one knows the day or the hour, and yet it it appears, Jim Harmon, that you have been able to at least say, well, we can uh, we can look at the timing of it anyway, if we don't have the exact day and hour, but we could look at the timing and where we are in history. T- talk about what you mean by that. <clears throat> Well, yeah, let me get into that a little bit in terms of uh, this This last book, The Final Countdown, uh, goes into that. And I really, after I, I in 2022, I wrote a book called The uh, The Open Door. And uh, I, I didn't write it, but um, a good friend of mine, Lynn Mize, wrote it in, back in 2011. And he went to be with the Lord. Mm. And I contacted his family and asked them uh, about republishing it because it's a fantastic book. Yeah, and so I, I I was you know published that in 2022, and I at the time I said, well, I'm not gonna, I don't plan to write any more books anymore after this. Mm-hmm. But the week that that book, The Open Door, came out, Dr. Christian Widener came out with a book on on Daniel, and I immediately contacted him because what he has come across is com- completely amazing. Uh, so. Mm-hmm about the timing and everything this is not something that Jim Harmon came up with this is something <laughs> right. that no this is something that Dr Christian Widener came up with hmm. Dr Christian Widener he went over to Israel back in uh I guess the late well 2020 and around there and he he wrote a book called uh the temple revealed and what, what when he was doing his research he came up with actually where the temple should be on the on the temple mount I don't know if I'm allowed to Show this on the sure. screen here. Well, for our if you're if you're listening on uh, terrestrial radio, uh, we're also doing video, and the video is going to be up at myhopenow.com. So go ahead and, and and use the visuals, and this will if you want to get the enhanced experience as a bottom line listener, go to myhopenow.com once this video is posted. Okay, Jim, go ahead. So yeah, what Dr. Christian Widener came up with is actually where the temple, if it were to be rebuilt now, would be. Mm. And he, he discovered that the temple could be rebuilt right on the uh, on the uh, Temple Mount, right n- adjacent to the Dome of the Rock. Look at that. Wow. And w- by doing that, he f- and the reason for that, he found out where the Holy of Holies is. Mm. And so by finding where the Holy of Holies is, he, and it's right where the, the Dome of the Spirits is. Mm-hmm. And that's on the back cover of, of my uh, latest book, The Final Countdown. That's where the Holy of Holies actually stands. And I don't know if you've ever been to Israel before. I've not uh, had the privilege. When I was I was there in 2017, and I was actually standing underneath that portico on oh, wow. where the Holy of Holies is, and I had no clue where I was standing. But that mm-hmm. was right where Dr. Widener has determined is that the the, uh, <laughs> the Holy of Holies. Incredible. And Incredible. The, and the significance of that is is that's where the Antichrist is going to come. Mm-hmm. According to scripture, that he's going to come and stand declaring that he's God right at that point. Mm. 
But so what, while Dr. Christian Widener was doing his research there, and, and by the way, uh, Josh McDowell wrote in the foreword to his book that the, his findings are nothing so short of world changing. <laughs> mm -hmm. So he, he had the endorsement of Josh McDowell when, when he wrote that book. So what, while he was doing his research, he'd actually discovered that there was a decree that was uh, written back in 1537 by Sultan Suleiman. Hmm. Isaiah 60 says that foreigners will rebuild, rebuild your walls. And uh, Dr. Christian Widener found where there was an actual decree, and it's in my book. You can actually see this decree that 15, in 1537 that Sultan Suleiman made. And it, uh, it basically, it's in Daniel 9.27, it says, So you are to know and discern from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be built again with plaza and moat. Mm. And, and that's from Daniel 9.25. Mm -hmm. And so the... He, he found that there was a moat there and there was actually a decree on that, but it didn't have a date on it. So he went over to the actual Temple Mount, not too far from the dome where the Dome of the Spirits is. And he found that there's another decree right in plain sight that it's dated 1537. And you read Daniel 925, it says uh, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. Mm -hmm. It will be built again. So he, scholars down through the ages have wondered, what does it mean, plaza and moat? Mm -hmm. Well, Dr. Widener determined, well, he, he just multiplied the 7 and 62, that's 69 weeks times 7, that's 483 years, and you add 483 years to 1537, and what do you come to? Mm. You come to 2020. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, and everyone in, in America and around the world, what happened in 2020? Everyone mm -hmm. says, oh, the pandemic. Yeah. No, that's not, that's, that wasn't the significant thing. The significant thing regarding Daniel was what happened in January of 2020. Donald Trump, he issued the Palestine-Israeli peace uh, uh, agreement in, in January of 2020. And... Then uh, later that same year, there were actually four different um, accords, uh, the Abraham Accords that were signed during 2020. So I believe what uh, Dr. Widener uh, came up with and he understood. And when I saw it, I said, yes, this is true. Because if you go 400, uh, 483 years and then you add uh, to 2020, this is where the final seven year period began. Hmm. Here's this, and if that's the case, if the final seven years began in 2020, then 2027 would be the time of the end of the 490 years to complete it. So here we have the 490 years uh, being completed in 2027. Wow. Now, people that are in the traditional dispensational camp, like I used to be, where there's going to be a seven-year peace treaty and then broken by the antichrist mm -hmm. i think we've all tried we've read something into that that scripture that's not actually there and that's when i read it i said oh he, he i think dr widener's correct because when you go back and look at the 490 years on the first coming of christ and i go into that book in, in quite detail to show it's called the messianic view of the, of the 70 weeks of Daniel. 
And it was believed by uh, many, many people down the ages uh, that the 490 years for Daniel uh, were actually completed at the time of Christ. And I show in the in the book for going like from 457 um, BC to the time of the uh, when Christ was here in 30 uh, AD, and the, and the 490 years actually got completed. And all this, all the uh, charts are in the book to show how the messianic view of the 70 weeks of Daniel were completed in in Jesus's first coming. So what Dan, Dr. Widener has uncovered is the fact that there's actually a second fulfillment of the 70 weeks of Daniel. And if mm. that's and that's a whole that's a whole new paradigm shift in our thinking. Yeah. Because we all think, well, there's just one, you know, one, one uh, interpretation of this. You know, you can't have two. But, you know, you look at all th throughout scriptures, there's always a time where there's going to be a, a first application and a second application. And I think that's what Dr. Widener has uncovered, that the first uh, 90, 490 years were completed when Jesus came the first time. Mm -hmm. But he also included this 490 years at his second coming. And it began in 1537, and it goes to 2027. And mm -hmm. where are we right now? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we're literally at the time, times, and half a time, uh, you know, a distance away, kind of at the midpoint, uh, yeah. waiting for that, using that calculation. And that makes it so very, very exciting. Uh, James Harmon is with me today here on The Bottom Line. We're talking about his brand new book called The Final Countdown, Daniel's Final Decree, Everyone Missed. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Jim, can I keep you for one more segment? I've got a couple more questions to ask, and sure. this has just been so riveting. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Make sure you check out the link for the book and also his ministry up at thebottomlineshow.com. Some final thoughts in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Jim Harmon is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. His brand new book is called The Final Countdown, Daniel's Final Decree, Everyone Missed. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And if you're concerned, I know that sometimes our listeners love to dig into books like this, Jim, and they they just eat them up. Other times they'll say, boy, this sounds like a 700-page tome, you know, that uh, I, I need, you know, Greek and Hebrew translations to go along. Uh, you have compiled so much information into a relatively, I'll say, efficient book. I don't want to say short, but I mean, considering the subject matter, you really do get to the topic and cover it so comprehensively in, in, in a uh, minimal amount of words, which is very, very helpful and beneficial. Okay, where are we now? And what are we looking forward to? We've been talking about the years and how the calculation of years, the second 490 by your calculation brings us to 2027. So what does the church look for here? 23, especially the American church, knowing that we play a vital role in the rising of the beasts, as it were. Well, because of uh, what Dan, what uh, Dr. Widener came up with, his book, by the way, was 450 pages long. <laughs> that was the long one, and right. Okay, I had a hard time reading it, so it was so long. So I, I condensed it to less than 100 pages. That, that's mm -hmm. my CPA background. There you go. Good for you. But when... Uh, when I was doing this, I thought, well, people are going to wonder if, if if there's only three and a half years left, how does that tie in with what we believe about the, the rapture and everything else? Mm -hmm. And I actually address that in my book. I have charts in there to show where I believe that the, uh, the traditional teachings on the rapture uh, need to be adjusted slightly, where there's uh, actually... I was in a church with Marvin Rosenthal back in the uh, 90s, uh, and he believed that the pre-wrath rapture, 
And I said, well, I'm, I, I just had written a book, The Blessed Hope. How mm-hmm. can there be a pre-wrath rapture? Yeah. And what the Lord showed me through him was that he is partially correct. Hmm. However, he also missed there's actually a pre-trib rapture, the hmm. first fruit rapture, the, ra- the rapture that takes place in Revelation 14 and Revelation 12. Uh, so there is a rapture for those who are ready, the ones that are watching. And then the, the remaining part of the church is the Laodicean church that are not ready. And they they are they're, they ha- they say they have need of nothing. Mm. They're, you know, they're, they're lukewarm. And Jesus says, I'm about to spew you out of my mouth. Right. But he also taught that there, there's a church in Philadelphia. It says, because you have kept the word of my patience, I will also keep you from the hour of trial. And so Jesus was actually, and Jesus actually taught this, what, what I'm t- telling you right now himself, and people don't really realize it. In his Sermon on the Mount, when he gave his in, to his disciples, he, he says, I uh, deliver me from the evil one. Mm-hmm. And the, the word there is, is the same word that's used in Revelation 3.10 to the promise of the church of uh, Philadelphia. So you tie those together and you say where well, Jesus is actually teaching about a pre-trib rapture there. Interesting. And he's also at the end of his ministry on the uh, on the sermon on the on the uh the Olivet discourse, he gets there and he says in Luke tw- uh, 21, watch therefore and pray always that I count you worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to mm-hmm. stand before mm-hmm. the Son of Man. So two times Jesus is teaching on the pre-trib rapture but he's saying that the lukewarm ones are going to be left behind and that's where marvin rosenthal is correct and and there's a lot of people that believe marvin rosenthal and the and the post-trib rapture but i believe they're both correct Mm -hmm. and that's why you need to be the wise virgin that has the extra oil right you're filled with the spirit of god you're being directed and empowered by him and you're it says in Revelation 19, the bride made herself ready. And, it, and the, you look at the word made herself ready. It's not the same uh, as, as what we're given. Uh, salvation is based upon Jesus and his final work. But he wants us to work out our salvation with, with fear and trembling. And that's yes. that's what this book is about, is to get the church looking for him and being ready. Because when it comes... You don't want to be here anymore, <laughs> right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so for all the yeah, for all the people who kind of that's a, kind of an, an ongoing. I don't want to say joke, but it's almost like a, we we say it and chuckle like you and I just did, Jim Harmon. The, the idea that we want to be gone, but the reality is we do. You should, I mean, and if you love Jesus, you know this is world's not our home, right? Our home. If you read uh, Hebrews eleven. We're looking for that city, mm-hmm. <laughs> city yes. that, that God's making, and He's He's preparing for us. If you love Jesus, you want to be there. You don't want to be down here. No this way. world is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just... certainly, it certainly is. But I am so grateful, and I, I know our listeners are too, uh, for men like you, Jim Harmon, who uh, with your uh, prophecy countdown ministry and the resourcing that you've written, and especially your books, your insightful books on the book of Daniel. Uh, this new one is going to be a game changer for a lot of people. I know it has been for me. Again, the book is called The Final Countdown, Daniel's Final Decree, Everyone Missed. And we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, Jim Harmon, thank you for the work that you've done, um, not only slugging through the 
world of certified public accounting, but also uh, moving into ministry now uh, for the the higher calling that uh, God has chosen to, and elevated you to. Thanks for being with us today here thank, on the Bottom thank Line you so Show. Much. Well, what a fascinating discussion. And we did this on myhopenow.com as well for the uh, video component. So if you want to watch James and I have this conversation back and forth and share it with your friends, please go to myhopenow.com. It's Everyone Wednesday here on the Bottom Line Show. Just wrapped up a fascinating half-hour discussion with Bible's teacher, James Harmon. The book is called The Final Countdown, Daniel's Final Decree Everyone Missed. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. It is Everyone Wednesday here on The Bottom Line Show. We have not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six copies of this book that we're giving away right now. Would love to place one in your hands. 800-227-5278-800-227-5278-800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, as you look at Daniel's prophecies, and realize that there's one in here and that there is a way to calculate when we're talking approximate times. The fact that oftentimes we looked at a portion of Daniel's prophecy that we believe led to uh, the birth of Jesus and the coming of his ministry, and that's where a lot of people left it. But the idea now that this second uh, uh, clock ticking began uh, 490 years ago and that 490th year coming up would be uh, in 2027. And the midpoint of that would be next spring. Well, you get the idea now. You can, as they say, you could do the math and how interesting it is to actually do said math. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. 800-227-5278. We have six copies of James Harmon's book to give away. And look, even if you heard our discussion today and you're sitting here thinking to yourself, nah, you guys are crazy. We got bigger fish to fry here. I'm not going to sit here chasing down a wormhole or a rabbit hole trying to figure all this stuff out. I hear you. I absolutely hear you. I was in that camp as well until maybe three, four years ago. And when you begin to see what happened, I'd say actually the turning point for me was the election of Donald Trump because of something, some wise counsel I got from Dr. Michael Youssef at Leading the Way uh, when he said, I think what is going to what we're going to see is this we spoke right after Trump won the election he said Trump winning the election means this was in 2016 uh, God's giving us four years to kind of get the church's house in order here in the states and in the west if he gives Trump another term then that means we have four more years but if not then that's when the wheels start to set in motion and it's so interesting that James Harmon who's never met Michael Youssef they've never had a conversation I don't know that he's even sat under his teaching would come up and say, here's the deal. The countdown for this final you know, segment that we're in basically began on November 3rd, 2020. We can at least calculate it to that point. And when you look at that and say, wait, that was the day of the election. And, okay, um, I'm all ears now. I'm listening now. You've got my attention. I feel like James Paxton in Titanic. You've got my attention, Rose. Uh, but it's, it's, we could see it. We could see it very plainly. And we could see it very clearly. So the question now is, what are we going to do with it? And interestingly enough, medically, we know that COVID-19 was man-made. It was spread, of course. I mean, there were very real ramifications. I had 
uh, pneumonia and COVID for about a week. So I know the damage that it can do to your body. I know that, but I also know too that when it came to treatments, for whatever reason, the medical community was really big on the vaccine and they were really sketchy on treatments. Well, that's not proven. That's not tested. That's not FDA approved. But then what are the solutions? Well, um, uh, you know, some of the solutions for fighting off COVID were go for a walk, get vitamin D, take zinc. I mean, get out in the sun and stay exercised. Whereas the government solution was stay home, stay glued to your television, stay glued to your computer. And how many people died of loneliness or depression or increased substance abuse or just inactivity? Their health went to seed. We have to be wise about the end times. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Everyone Wednesday, we've got six copies of James Harmon's book on the book of Daniel to give away. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. We'll take a quick break. More in just a moment as the bottom line continues. You're a Christian who's been injured, so you need Christian attorney Stephanie Cover of Cover Law to fight for you. With Stephanie, it's not just a routine legal process. It's a spiritual battle. She understands that a legal fight involves more than flesh and blood. It means confronting principalities and powers, and that's why she consistently prays with and for her clients. She forms long-lasting relationships with her clients, just as you would expect from someone who engages in spiritual battle alongside another believer. Praise for Stephanie pours in through cards, thank you texts, and letters from clients who thank her for checking up on them, coming to see them in the hospital, praying, and even finding alternative care when current care is inadequate. Inspired by Jesus' command to love one another, Stephanie uses her skill as an attorney and knowledge of insurance processes to fight for your completeness and healing. Don't wait any longer. Contact Stephanie Cover today at kbrightradio.com slash cover and let her take up your spiritual battle. Welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. My thanks again to author and Bible teacher James Harmon for joining me here on the program to talk about the final countdown, Daniel's final decree everyone missed. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com and we have not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six copies of this book to give away. And uh, the phones are ringing like crazy, and I'm grateful that they are. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Okay, the question that a lot of people are asking now, of course, is, well, we've got one eye on the future. We are citizens of heaven. We are residents of earth. But how can we as Christians keep living out our faith? I mean, I, I don't want to oversimplify this, but what we're living through right now basically is kind of a cakewalk or a game of musical chairs. Remember when we, remember the games we used to play when we were kids and they all had special purpose? The games that we played as kids did have a special purpose. I mean, when we played on the monkey bars and we played on the swing sets and the teeter-totters, they were all designed to be fun, but they were also designed to build mind, body, and soul. And even something as simple as musical chairs or a cakewalk is a reminder of what we're living in right now in these strategic times. You remember how the cakewalk works, right? You're walking around, walking around, walking around, and, and there are different pastries or whatever in the circle. They play the music. And when the music stops, you stop and you turn and look at where you are. And if you're facing the winning pastry or whatever, you get it. Or in the game of musical chairs, which gets a little more, uh, how should we say, uh, aggressive 
Musical chairs is one of those games where they play and play and play and play. And next thing you know, the music stops. And if there are 10 children in the circle, there are nine chairs. So when the music stops, everyone races to a chair and the person who doesn't have a chair is out. Then they take away a chair. So now you have eight chairs and nine students and you keep going down until it's just two people circling around one chair and the winner is the one who gets the chair. That game, Musical Chairs, is a direct reference to the opposite of what will happen when the trumpet sounds and the Lord returns. We have as much time as we have to go into the, all the world and preach the gospel. We have as much time as we do for the people who are unbelievers to receive that good news and say, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for my sin on the cross. I believe he died to pay the penalty for my sin, to wipe it clean, and I trust in that promise that I have a place in heaven. And for people who don't articulate that, they think about that. If you've ever been in that moment, I, it happened to me last week. Granddaughter was visiting. She was getting ready to get packed up and get on the plane. I wanted to pray for her and the family. And, uh, and my Lisa was taking her to the airport and we were running a little late. I said, you know what? Here's what we'll do. I'll just go ahead and we'll, we'll pray on the phone before she gets on the plane. And then because of a Wi-Fi issue at the airport, Lisa and I couldn't connect on our phones and didn't get a chance to pray. And I, it, it's haunting me that I didn't get a chance to lay hands on Riley and pray for her because God told me in that moment, pray now. And there are people who are hearing Jesus knocking at the door of their heart now and saying, let me in. And they're, well, I'll get to it later. We'll do it on the phone. Today is the day of salvation, friends. If you've been hearing this gospel message and you believe it and receive it, profess it with your mouth, give us a call here at the Bottom Line Show, 800-227-5278. We'll pray with you will help you enter into that newness of life because that is good news and that is the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day and Rabbi Schneider discovering the Jewish Jesus coming up next. For those who remain on the network, we're going to take a look at, okay, we've been looking at the end times and what it means to be a Christian in those days. How about now and the world that we're living in and um, how do we navigate life in view of the cross in this culture? Uh, Bible teacher and pastor McKay Caston is going to walk us through a Bible study in the book of Galatians as we go Old Testament to New Testament. That's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Today here on The Bottom Line, we are going to jump into a commentary of sorts on a New Testament epistle that uh, is going to help for many of us who are looking at the world around us and saying, it used to be pretty easy for us in the body of Christ to uh, you know, know what truth is, know what uh, morality was and what the basis was for it. But now it seems like, you know, we get into the body of Christ and in a world that doesn't really reflect our values. And sometimes we kind of get a little stiff necked and maybe a little uh, uh, stricter with regard to the thou shalt's and thou shalt nots. And joining me today on the program is Dr. McKay Caston, who served in pastoral ministry for more than a quarter of a century, now leads the Doctor of Ministry program in gospel renewal and pastoral leadership at Metro Atlanta Seminary. And he is the author and editor of a brand new commentary in the Gospel-Centered Life in the Bible series on Galatians. It's called Navigating Life in View of the Cross. And we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Dr. McKay Caston, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Hey, Roger. Thank you so much. It is great to be here. Tell us about Galatians. I mean, is, is this one of the epistles that kind of gets us a little closer to modern life? I mean, uh, there's always a backstory, but t tell us about what we're what is kind of hiding in plain sight for the American Christian about Galatians that kind of helps us 
you know, identify a lot more closely with these people. You know, when we look in the Bible, we tend to think that life was so different. It's so far away. That how can it possibly be relevant to my life, especially here in 2023? And uh, what we find is that the circumstances and the people are very similar to us. We are very similar to them. Mm-hmm. And so when Paul writes this letter to this group of Christians in modern day South Central Turkey, back then it was called Asia Minor, mm-hmm. these folks uh, were just like us because they, like we, were addicted to self-righteousness. Mm. Paul had preached the gospel of grace to them. They had embraced uh, salvation through the cross, the work of Jesus alone being fully sufficient for their reconciliation to the Father. And yet afterward, Paul had heard some things were going on there that uh, caused him to be grieved and not grieved primarily because their behavior was messed up. They Mm -hmm. primarily had a theological problem that was Mm -hmm. impacting their behavior. He had heard something that was stealing their joy, and that was the loss of their freedom in Jesus. Teachers had come into that church, and they were now teaching that we are saved, reconciled to God the Father, as fully forgiven and accepted, not by what Jesus did alone, but by some kind of Jesus plus formula. Mm. Mm. Something that they still had to do on their part, whereby they could know without a doubt and for certain that they were in. And Paul wrote to them saying, y'all have really been deceived And some of the harsher words he writes are in this letter. Mm -hmm. And it's not because he's upset with them as much as he recognizes the danger, the insidious danger of this leaven of legalistic kind of moralistic teaching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he really wanted them to see more clearly than they ever had before the centrality of what the cross meant for them. That was really his heart in this letter. Dr. McKay Caston is the uh, author of a brand new Bible study on the book of Galatians, Navigating Life in View of the Cross is the subtitle. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Boy, the early church, I mean, we, oftentimes we romanticize how wonderful it was. You know, everybody was selling everything and living together. And, you know, it's this big communal uh, joy fest. But between the Judaizers and the Gnostics and now these teachers, you know, who are infiltrating the church in Galatia, there were a lot of I mean, serious challenges that these people had to deal with. Uh, Talk about why Paul's letter was so important for them, but timely for us then. Kind of connect the dots, because I I think I see where you're going. There are people who, in the church today, for example, I'm seeing a lot more younger people, especially saying, well, it's got to be orthodox. I mean, there's no other way, you know, but for us to have this kind of high church type of experience. And maybe it's not the Jesus people, you know, from 50 years ago, but it sounds like we might be veering into that same type of dangerous territory here in 2023. Yeah, I think one thing that helped me in studying this letter from Paul to the Galatians and from the Spirit to us is this idea that we all want something in which to boast, Mm-hmm. We all want to have, that's why we want our football team to win the national championship so that we vicariously can say we are number one. Yeah, we won, right? Even though we <laughs> didn't do anything on the field at all. Yeah. 
And so it kind of is like at the end of the letter, uh, when Paul says, I will boast in nothing except the cross of Christ. Yes. And in other places, he will say, I will boast in the cross of Christ and I will boast in my weakness. Those two things together, I think, create a really healthy dynamic whereby we can say, in myself, I am more flawed, more sinful, more deserving of actual justice before the law of God than I would ever want to admit. But at the very same time, because of what Jesus has done and who he is for me as my sin substitute, as my righteousness provider, mm-hmm. I am more forgiven, more accepted, and more loved than I could ever dare to dream. Mm. I think that those are some concepts that when you kind of hear the heart of Paul, knowing that he considered himself the chief of sinners, the worst of sinners, the most deserving of condemnation, and the cross of Jesus had absolutely changed everything for him. Hmm. And that was now he was navigating his life in view of that reality, which defined his life. Dr. McKay Caston, my guest today here on The Bottom Line, if you've been enjoying these books, this Bible teaching series from New Growth Publishers, uh, you're going to love this one on the book of Galatians, Navigating Life in View of the Cross. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Now, when people are looking at the religious expression, though, I mean, a lot of times Christians, especially in our culture, are saying, wait a minute, we've got religious liberty, we need to stand up for religious freedom, this, that, and the other thing. We kind of think we know what religion is. Give us a refresher course, Dr. Kasten, and with what kind of, if you can summarize the six chapters or so in Galatians, where Paul is giving them this, uh, I don't know, I mean, I would like to be all biblical and say an exhortation, but it really is kind of a smackdown, isn't it? I mean, in terms of, well, you know, waking them up. The way I, In the book, I talk about it being an intervention. Okay. An intervention okay. is where That's somebody fair. has an addiction and they cannot get their way, find their way out of it. They need people who love them to come around them and say, this is what we see. And because of this addiction, you've lost your freedom and you've lost your joy. Mm-hmm. The same thing had happened in the Galatians and the same thing happens to us. And so Paul comes and writes this letter as an intervention of sorts. And it's truth and love that he's speaking. It's not just truth. Right. And it's not whereby he is uh, afraid of what they're going to think of him. So he only says nice things. He is confident in his righteousness, not being in what they think of him, but him knowing that his righteousness, his identity is only and completely what Jesus has done for him and credited to him. It's it's kind of like when we think about, yes, about religion, uh, it has been said that when we normally think of religion, we think that that means that God forgives and blesses those who obey and sacrifice. But, and that meaning obey and sacrifice for him. But what Christianity is, and the gospel in particular, is just the opposite of that. That God forgives and blesses, not based on my obedience and my sacrifice for him, but based on someone else's obedience and someone else's sacrifice on my behalf for him. 
Mm. And of course, we see that in the perfect obedience of Jesus in his life, right? His substitutionary sacrifice, uh, serving the justice I deserve on a cross, and the resurrection that confirmed all those promises of grace. Hmm. Dr. McKay Caston is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Galatians, Navigating Life in the View of the Cross. It's a study guide with leader's notes, part of the Gospel-Centered Life in the Bible series. Ten different lessons. It makes a great Bible study program if you are looking to do something, even this fall, and you're looking for a, uh, an opportunity either to work through with young adults or with uh, senior adults. I highly recommend this book. We've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of our conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com. Hit the Preborn banner right now. Dr. McKay Kasten is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Dr. Kasten, having served for 26 years in pastoral ministry and now heads up the Doctor of Ministry program in Gospel Renewal and Pastoral Leadership for Metro Atlanta Seminary, uh, is the author of a brand new book on the book of Galatians that we've got linked up at thebottomlineshow.com. Navigating Life in View of the Cross is the subtitle for this great book. Dr. Kasten, uh, talk about what the program that you oversee uh, is doing for young men and women who are in seminary uh, right now. I mean, the fact that they're, you're uh, getting them into D-Min for gospel renewal and pastoral leadership, I'm sure it looks a lot different than it did for many of us who were in seminary 25, 30 years ago. The world has changed quite a bit, hasn't it? It, it really has. And the focus of this program, which is primarily for pastors who've been in the ministry for a while, is one of, as the degree says, gospel renewal and pastoral leadership. I have found that in my own experience, there were times when I felt like I was out of gas or mm. the tread had worn out totally on my tires yeah. or there was something out of balance. And so what we want to do is first have pastors themselves get kind of recalibrated, retread the tires, reorient the heart, their heart, to the centrality of God's grace and love for them in Jesus. And we believe that if, if that renewal in their life can happen, then the overflow of that will, will affect their marriages, will affect their family life, will affect how they, uh, how they train their leaders, how they preach, how they disciple folks. It'll eventually overflow into mission into their entire community. Hmm. So it's kind of like the ripple effect of grace that we're trying yeah. to to drop into their lives. And that's what we're yeah. seeing. And it really is, uh, it's refreshing, I think, for all of us who are part of the program. 
I think it sounds like it. And then I highly commend that to anybody who is uh, considering uh, uh, advancing your ministry career. Uh, those are many pastors who listen to us here on the Bottom Line Show. Uh, as we take a look at Galatians during the break, uh, Dr. Casted, we were discussing the idea, the concept, if you will, that one of the things that is kind of an eye-opener for folks in the book of Galatians, when you do a fairly exhaustive study of it, is the fact that so many of us these days, because there is kind of, I would imagine, because the easy believism, it was George Barna's data indicates that somewhere between four and six percent of people who profess faith in Christ actually hold a biblical worldview. So that means there are a lot of people who are running around the country saying, oh yeah, I love God and I'm a Christian and whatever, but they're really not living like one because they don't fully understand it. And one area where that is, is the one of the most basic ones, and that's repentance from sin, you know, turning away, that type of thing. Talk about what we learn in Paul's letter to the Church of Galatia about repentance that's become such a game changer for people here in 21st century America. Well, in the letter, uh, he does not necessarily talk about that word, but because he talks about faith so much, and because he brings forward so many things that are problematic for them— then we see it kind of in the shadows all throughout it, a call to a, a gift that God gives us, which is repentance. And with that word, I have found in discussing this with so many people, whether it be in pastoring or at the seminary, that we really have a, a misunderstanding of this concept. And it has to do with one small, little, tiny preposition that if we can shift it, it will make all the difference in the world. And that is when I ask my students, for example, how do you define or how would most people define repentance? And I think this is universal. I would say 9.9 .9 people, if you can have a 0.9 person out of 10, <laughs> answer it the exact same way. And that is, we say, we, repentance is where we turn because the word metanoia means a turning of mind, mm -hmm. a 180, so to speak, where we turn from our sins to Jesus. And I want to suggest that while I understand that it might not be what we mean when we say it, when people hear it said that way, turn from my sin to Jesus, it sounds like we're saying, I'm going to resolve to stop sinning and start following and obeying Jesus. And that is all about what I am promising to God. And mm. I would suggest that's not repentance. Okay. Repentance is when we turn, not from our sin to God, but with our sin to Jesus. Mm. Doing that, we're saying, I like in the parable where Jesus has had these two men in the temple, one's a Pharisee, one's a tax collector, and the tax collector simply says, have mercy on me, the sinner. That's mm -hmm. repentance. That is repentance. Very, very simple. He comes into the temple, he exposes himself, and when we turn with our sin to Jesus, he then, not scowling or frowning, but smiling with open arms where you can see his nail-scarred hands, says, give me your sin. And yeah. he takes it upon himself. He reminds us that it's been nailed to the cross. Then he gives us his perfect righteousness. And so this is now your new identity. And when I believe that, we learn in scripture, even in Galatians, that as I believe that reality of Jesus, my sin substitute, the Holy Spirit fills me. It's like 
sap from the vine into the branch, creating new mm. desires and giving me new abilities. So when I turn with my sin to Jesus, the spirit fills me and enables me to now turn from my sin. Mm. With my yes. sin is being saved. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then he sanctifies us. But that follows our justification. You know, it's powerful talking with Dr. McKay Caston today here on The Bottom Line. When I think about that term, and you, this is one of the lessons that you have in the book, uh, Galatians, Navigating Life in the View of the Cross, it's a term that maybe five years ago people wouldn't have thought about. Ten years ago certainly would not have. But when you say rerouting, anybody who's ever used the GPS in their car knows exactly what you're talking about. That's right. And you know exactly what that means. It doesn't mean that if you've got cranky kids in the back of the car and they won't be quiet and you can't hear what you're doing and you missed your stop now because of the kids so rerouting doesn't mean you leave the kids on the side of the road and then you'll go to your ultimate destination it means right. you take all of that with you and yeah. I, when i could see i mean i could just i could hear people you know hearing that good news and saying where can i be baptized <laughs> let's let's do this right because i mm. had it all messed up that one word the difference between from and with and, and and the idea, that's powerful, uh, powerful insight. Dr. McKay Caston today here on The Bottom Line teaching us about uh, what Paul's letter to the Church of Galatia means for us today and navigating life in view of the cross. Um, we see the, the final chapter of the book of Galatians, uh, chapter six, um, has one of my favorite verses of all time that I've been quoting all over the place over the past couple of years about there's no way you can mock God. I mean, you can't actually, you know, do that because he won't be. But at the same time, the idea that our faith is not based on the fact, you know, the Jesus plus you talked about earlier, where it's, it's Jesus and these things that you do get you saved, but the actions that we do take do demonstrate the newly transformed life in Christ, and all of our actions have consequences. Talk about that from the biblical perspective now that we have a fresher idea of salvation because of what you've shown us in the book of Galatians, Dr. Caston. That's great insight uh, into the fact that actions have consequences. That is an eternal truth from the very beginning. Even in the garden, we see that there was an action that took place that had a devastating consequence on all of human history. Yeah, Our own actions have consequences for the good or for the ill. And so when we think about consequences, again... It is the cross of Jesus that becomes super large in our minds and in our hearts because my sin has a consequence that it deserves. My actions deserve for me to be the one to serve the death penalty for my treason right. against the king. Right. But we see the king himself come and serve the sentence the traitor deserved. And when we talk about actions having consequences— it is that action of Jesus when he is crucified for sinners, when he died for the ungodly, when that happens and when I see myself as the sinner, when I see myself as the ungodly one for whom he gave his life to restore to the Father, then what happens is I begin to experience new actions, mm. spirit-empowered actions. Mm -hmm. That have consequences. And those consequences are to first glorify God, but also bless those around me 
bless other people. We're, we're called to love, right? And love is not primarily an emotion, but an action. It's to bless right. someone else. And usually those who don't deserve it at personal sacrifice. So when we're called to love our enemies, it's not that we're supposed to have warm, giddy feelings. It's that we are actually to pray for, to do good to, to minister to, because it is in doing that, when we see how God has loved us in the cross, that action has consequences. Where that ripple effect of grace affects us, then we begin to show the same kindness of God to others. That is the power of the gospel to change relationships, families, and I would suggest even the entire culture. Yes, wholeheartedly agree. And for those of us who are praying for that renewal, uh, watch how it starts in your own heart, watch how it starts in the hearts and the transfers to the heart of the family, of your church, and then see how the culture is transformed so that the true believers can be called into that oneness, uh, newness of life and oneness of faith that uh, we all long for. Dr. McKay Caston, the book of Galatians, Navigating Life in the View of the Cross. It's a great resource. I mentioned it at the outset. 10 Bible lessons that if you're in pastoral ministry or lay ministry and you're looking for a great Bible study to do this fall, I highly recommend this one. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Dr. Caston, thanks for the work. Thanks for the conversation. Nice to have you on the program today. Thanks for being hey, with thank us. Thank you so much, Roger. Thanks, Roger. Well, what a great and practical discussion today here on The Bottom Line about a resource that will make living life in this world a lot easier, and that's take a cue from Paul's letter to the church in Galatia. Uh, the new book, Galatians, Navigating Life in View of the Cross, is up at thebottomlineshow.com, and since it's everyone Wednesday and everyone's just winning all sorts of stuff, uh, not only are we giving away James Harmon's book on the book of Daniel, but we've got two copies of McKay Caston's book uh, to give away on the book of Galatians as well. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, some final thoughts about navigating life today in view of the cross and eternity. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account, Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. My thanks again to Dr. McKay Caston for joining me today here on The Bottom Line. Uh, two doctorates, Dr. Caston has actually earned a PhD and a D-min. His new book is called Galatians, Navigating Life in View of the Cross, and we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. As I mentioned earlier, not one but two copies of this book to give away, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know what people are looking for in the world today? Let me let you in on a little secret in case you haven't already figured it out. They want to know what the truth is. They want to know what the future holds. 
They want to know what is absolute right and absolute wrong. The problem is not that people aren't looking for those things. The problem is they're looking, the old country song, they're looking for love in all the wrong places. I mean, one of the beauties of the American experiment, I watched a very interesting kind of snarky video a couple of weeks ago on uh, someone who's written a book about the Bible and politics and, you know, it, it, that, that type of thing. And, you know, going through with the same old yarn about how America is not listed specifically in the end times. So why do we work so hard about thinking that our lives here are going to be, you know, just perfect? And it got me thinking about how many people in the body of Christ, the, the notion of America being a Christian nation was also foreign to this author. And I thought to myself, there's a big difference between saying, look, America was founded as a Christian nation on the principle that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that uh, everybody is endowed with certain inalienable rights by the creator, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, you can see a contradiction in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution in the fact that that's what we said, that America was based on, and then we encoded slavery basically into our fabric of our dna and there's you know discrepancies with the people who were here before us and you know, there you can see it's not a perfect system but you know the beauty of this idea of us being a christian nation is we know where true north is we know that it's not a question of religious rule keeping like the pharisees did it's living with freedom and joy in our relationship with christ but also knowing, too, that he is sovereign, he is the ruler, he is supreme. So do we praise God for allowing us to be born in and live in America? Many people do. Other people say, hey, it wasn't so great for my family. But you look at where you are right now and ask the question, is this what God wants for me and for my life? And if the answer is yes, then you're following that true north. I mean, obviously you're here. But I love Galatians 6, 7. It's kind of become a life verse for me right now. Be ye not deceived, God will not be mocked. The culture may try to mock and say all sorts of horrible things and that there is no God and I'm the center of the universe, et cetera, et cetera. But the reality is at the end of the day, God is sovereign, God is supreme, God always gets what he wants and he wants you if you want to be had by him. That's the good news and that's the bottom line.